This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Final hour of the broadcast. Adam Carter in for Chad on this Wednesday. Parents suck. Parents of uh, youth sports suck. And I know people cringe saying that word. I'm sorry, but they do. Dave, as a coach, a youth coach, you must see this uh, endlessly. Why don't you call out some of your fellow parents? Well, let me tell you. By name. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. It's awful, right? It's it's awful. I I mean, it's certainly, it's, it's worse in the news than in real life. Most of the parents I have... I had to deal with in the last what, 20 years or so since I was uh, coaching baseball, mostly ninth graders up to maybe 16-year-olds in the summer. Most of them good. Yep. But, yes, there's been a couple run-ins of, you know, most of the time it's parents that really overvalue their, their kids. Overestimate uh, the kids' talent. Yes. Yes, exactly right. Why isn't my kid playing shortstop? Ah, oh, he's a terrible shortstop. <laughs> I gotta be honest. He's really not, not fit there at all. Not, not good. Uh, the, you're right, and it's it gets overplayed. Obviously, the stories that, including the one I'm about to talk about, taint the water as to how, how bad maybe it is. But it, it, I think it's a lot worse than it used to be, and I think it's evidenced in the fact that nobody wants to be a ref or an ump anymore. Uh, nobody wants. Who wants to coach if the parents are? you know, yelling at you all the time or criticizing you or, you know, making different decisions or shouting things out when you're trying to coach kids. But here's about the worst case example of it, because this is the first time I can actually think of a death. A 60-year-old man is dead following a brawl at a middle school basketball game in Vermont Tuesday night. Cops are now investigating. The fight broke out at the Alberg Community Education Center in Alberg during a hoops game that involved, wait for it, 7th and 8th graders from Alberg and St. Albans Middle Schools. A video that was shot from the scene shows several adults rushing onto the court, kicking and punching each other, all while kids looked on from the sidelines. That's got to be fun for the kids, too. Unclear what sparked the melee, Vermont State Police said in a statement today that when officers showed up to the scene just before 7 last night, the fight had ended. Several people involved had already left the school. Police say Russell Giroux, Giroux was injured during the fight, transported to a hospital. Tragically, he was pronounced dead at the medical facility. His body, police say, will undergo an autopsy to determine the cause and manner. They're now looking at video to determine what happened. 
And yes, this is a worst case scenario, but as a, I've been an assistant softball coach and the amount of times for girls that are, you know, 10, 11 and 12 people shouting and yelling and giving instructions to their kid, direct opposition to what coaches do. I'm I've seen now, and maybe somebody can correct me on this or back it up. Maybe it's being done in Minnesota. Our talk and text line is open, by the way, 651-461-9226. We've had calls from coaches before that are revealing. And why anybody would want to put that time in to be a coach or a referee or a bas- you know, basketball referee, uh, an umpire, with the amount of abuse they take, I have no idea. But it's commendable that people still want to do that. Um. I think that some places have tried out a, a penalty system, whereas each parent is responsible for at least writing a big check at the start of a season. And that fund, all those parents, those checks go into a fund, and if something happens, a parent can be financially penalized for actions they take. And if you're, if you're one of those parents who actually behaves yourself, and again, as Dave pointed out, a majority do. A majority do. Even if they feel like their kid is being short-shifted or they, they maybe talk to the coach, but they behave properly. But the ones that don't ruin it for all the other parents too. And it's tough for parents to step in and tell the one dad or mom to, you know what, cool it down a little bit. That's not always easy to do. But if every parent is somehow financially responsible for the behavior of that team's parents, I think it would change some of this. Because suddenly, if I'm out 500 bucks all of a sudden, because Dave, a kid on my team's dad, is getting on the refs and being a buffoon, I'm more inclined to say, you know what, Dave, you're going to cost me 500 bucks. Shut your mouth. I think that would do it. That it needs to come to that is troubling on, on, on many levels. But I think that might solve some of these problems. I'm curious as to uh, if you feel the same way. 651-461-9226. What do you think, Dave? If, if, you, were, if you were, so let's say your parents have, uh, like, if your kid's in baseball and the fellow parents each have to pony up some money, again, worst-case scenario gets used and then you get the money goes to, to pay some sort of fine that they would, you know, the parents would have to face. Don't you think that increases the incentives of other parents to say, you know what, you're being a jackass. you got to, you know, change your behavior because I think a lot of people get intimidated in that, in that situation. Yeah, I think that's it's not a terrible idea at all. I mean, put any uh, you know having a little skin in the game, I guess, and having that be you know a little a little bit more of a I guess financial incentive or peer pressure um, from the other parents to hey, cool it, let's calm down here. You know, I think that's not a bad idea. But doesn't the whole thing just seem like it's a product of where youth sports has gone? Yeah, you know, I. I just Cause think because the parents are invested already. Yes, exactly. I, I think back to uh, the only sport I was good at was baseball. I played traveling baseball from, you know, 11, 12 oh, years old, geez. you know, all the way Settle up. Settle down. Put yeah, your pretty, pretty big time. Pretty big time. Don't worry. I was terrible at all the other sports for the most part. But, you know, I remember when we got to like 13, 14 years old and, it, you know, it's getting a little bit more serious and, you know, we would do a, a league schedule and a few tournaments a year and. 
I remember my dad coming up with the idea because he was the coach. Hey, maybe we should do an out-of-town tournament. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And, you know, we had a meeting with all the parents. What would you think if we do a tournament in, you know, Rochester or, you know, Marshall, you know, somewhere where it would be not terribly far, but you'd probably be staying overnight. And, like, that was a conversation. And now I look at, you know, my kids are still a little young, but my brother's got a kid, uh, two kids, and uh, the old of which is, oldest of which is 12. And it's like every other weekend, you know, they live in Des Moines. Oh, we're, we're in Iowa this or They're, they're in uh, Omaha this weekend. We're in St. Louis this weekend. What are you doing? Yeah. And it, you know they are far from far from the only ones that you know it's it's three different sports and you're traveling all over the Midwest putting in the money and the time to go into this. Yeah, right. I, I see why parents get riled up yeah. at some for some uh, at least at some level. Dave Harrigan supports bad behavior by parents. Says they're <laughs> justified in doing it. Considering the money they make, they should be able to throw punches at a at an umpire. Um, no, I'm kidding. But so, so, and somebody brings that up. I think kids' sports and activities are expensive enough. If they require some type of additional deposit, it's likely some kids won't be able to participate. Well, that's just it. It's a deposit. It's like dibs. They're called. You know, when you got to do, you got to show up and work the concession stand, as a lot of you know families have to do. You either write the check and then you get the money back if you complete all your hours. It's the same concept. So, and I guess who gets the money? I don't know. Is it the local youth sports uh, group that puts on the season of whatever sport you're talking about. Each team, parents have to come up with the check. That money is held, and if your parents behave great all year long, then you get that money back. It's only in the egregious case that something happens, certainly if a ref is physically assaulted or if parents go over the line somehow, um, then they can talk about using that fine. I think it's a good idea. I think it would solve a lot of these problems. Man, I'm way off. You can let me know. 217. Uh, call us on the uh, Cities One Plumbing Talk and Text Line. Maybe you're a coach who's seen this firsthand. Maybe you're a parent who says, you know what? I do pay a lot of money for this sport. I have a right to question my coach. 651-461-9226. Your calls and texts next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey! 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Willie Nelson, one of uh, 14 nominees to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Willie in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Actually, I'm surprised he's not in it already. We'll talk about that in about 10 minutes, about the other nominees and what makes a Hall of Fame act a Hall of Fame act when it comes to uh, music. Something to ponder. I don't think any uh, young person or older person who says, you know, I don't want to be an umpire, I want to be a ref, does it so they can, you know, make bad calls and get into fights with parents. I don't think that's one of the goals of it. But it seems to me that that's what's, what ends up happening all the time, which is why we lose uh, some of those umps. Makes it tough to find. I've, you know, girls softball, which I coach youth girls softball, we've had so many instances where it can't find an up or an ump doesn't show, and it just ruins it. Then parents have to call it, and it's, just, it's not fun. And it's not fun for those umps who have to deal with parents. We've got some people on the line here. Pat has called in on the Cities One Plumbing Talk and Text Line. Pat, chime in here. Hi there. Um, I wanted to share uh, something that uh, was said to me about a thousand years ago when I was a, a young high school basketball official in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was very intense. And uh, this is still back in the days of one class basketball. So, you oh, know, yeah. all games were, were serious, you know, from, from little kids on up. And. Yep. Um, one of my dad's close friends was a veteran official and uh, did a lot of state finals and stuff. And so I had some sessions with him and looking for tips. And uh, he said, one thing I want you to remember in the state of Indiana, there are only two groups of people who don't know anything about basketball. And it's the two groups who are paid to know something about basketball. It's the coaches and the officials. Mm -hmm. Everybody else thinks they know everything about basketball. And so as long as you remember that when you go in and don't take it personally, It'll go better because you know better than the parents that are screaming at you, and that really served me in good stead for uh, a long time. Pat, thanks for the call. Uh, Glenn is on uh, the line. Glenn, go ahead. Hi there. Hi. Uh, I've had experiences in the same thing. I kind of got a chuckle because 50 years ago, when our children were in Little League, I was uh, quite involved in uh, Little League as a commissioner, a manager, and a coach, and all this and that. And when I, when the boys grew up big enough to get out of it, I decided to coach or to umpire for a year. Well, one of the first games I umpired, the uh, boy was pitching, and his dad got out of the stands and come and stood behind me and called the strikes and, and balls Jeez. for me. <laughs> What'd you and do? I made, it loud, I made it loud and clear. And everybody could hear me. I says, if you don't go back and sit down, this game is suspended right yeah. now. And that's what else can you do? Right. Glenn, thanks for the call. Uh, yeah. You're very uh, welcome. Yep. Uh, so my proposal was, and it's not my proposal, I think there are some actual youth sports organizations that do this, was to, you know, every, all the parents put some money in a kitty. And if one of the parents gets out of line and people feel that the game needs to be interrupted or stopped, then that money is forfeited. Uh, somebody texts in on the city's one plumbing talk and text line. I think the idea works in theory, but also feels 
that you're penalizing the parents who just follow the rules, then expect them to police the parents who get out of line. I don't think it should be their responsibility. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Chris is called in. Chris, go ahead. Yes, sir. Thanks for uh, fielding my call. Sure. Uh, I'm a young father. I have a three-and-a-half-year-old and a 13-month-old. And, a, uh, and mm. you know, I think about a lot of this. I was an athlete uh, growing up, played a lot of sports, and I don't remember anything getting out of hand. I guess I think it's a great idea to have the incentive you're, uh, you're talking about or the deposit for the parents. I guess I haven't been to a, uh, you know, a, a young game and heard that type yeah. of activity going on. So I guess I'm unfamiliar with that. I recall my parents cheering, um, but never really anyone getting out of line and yelling at the refs. I, that's just very uncalled for or fights at a game. I mean, yeah, I know. I mean, thankfully I've never, of, it, yeah, it's kind of, kind of unbelievable. But, uh, but yeah, thanks a lot for fielding my call. Sure. Hope you have a good day. You too, Chris. Thanks for the call. I got your hands full with those two young kids. And I don't remember that. I, I remember parents yelling. I remember officials, you know, commenting back at parents. I was a 15 year old. So when I played youth baseball at 15, we also uh, had to volunteer our time to be a youthful, our youth umpire for like little kids baseball. And I'll never forget being the ump and I'm 15 and I'm making calls and parents were, come on, coach kid, come on. It's like, I'm 15 years old. Like, I'm not getting any money to do this. It's like, really? I don't. And that's the two. It's like a lot of these times we get umps that are, you know, not young kids, but, you know, teenagers or maybe young adults who are probably fulfilling some volunteer time or love the game. Shockingly enough, just love the game and want to be around it. So they're volunteering their time. And I will say this, Dave, maybe you've had this experience in baseball. We've had some umpires, too. It's all about like the how they control themselves too. Not to say that you know, obviously there's some bad officials out there, and their kind of attitude can rub off and instigate. Not instigate, but maybe you know, draw a little more ire than if it was some uh, somebody who was a little more level-headed. But we've had umpires before before a game talk to both parents, address both groups of parents, and say. I'm out here. I'm going to do the best I can. I don't have any skin in this game with your kids or your kids. And it kind of puts everybody at ease, and it's done with a little humor, and people kind of get a kick out of that. I've seen that, and I, I think that's great. But, I mean, it's not mandatory that officials do that, but I think that can go a long way to ease some of these problems before they begin. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. I've seen it from a few umpires, not many, but yeah, it's it, it's a great way to d- diffuse it. Just diffuse it with the parents. Now I see it more often, just you know, to the coaches where you know an umpire before you as you meet pregame, go over the rules. Mm-hmm. Will say, look, you know, I'm, you know, you can if you have a question, if you're a, you know disagree with the call, yeah, feel free to call my name. Come out, we'll talk. You know, if you have an argument about balls and strikes, I don't want to hear it. So don't don't do it, you right. know things like that, and just you know they'll just warn you what they will accept before the game and what's over the line, and okay, all right, appreciate it. Now you know I I know if if I disagree with the call, this is the way I you want me to go about it. We're all comfortable, we're cool with that, yeah. And let's let's go, let's play ball. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Here's a text. I'm a supporter of public shaming when parents, politicians, public figures, etc., act like jackasses. Uh, fail to come through on campaign promises, etc. The media 
should point these people out. Further, I can see a weekly radio or TV program that IDs these characters. You guys would never <laughs> run out of things. To talk. Yeah, that's my idea. We're starting next week. Uh, jerk parent of the week. Gonna, <laughs> we want people to film it, get the names, and we'll, call, we'll public shame parents so that they never, uh, <laughs> so that they don't get involved with this kind of crap. New type of uh, modern America's most wanted. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great. And they're right. We wouldn't run out of material. Um, our seventh grade boys basketball team won a tournament in southern Minnesota. We won each game handily and throttled the boys uh, back not to embarrass other teams. That night I was fired from my volunteer position because I throttled back. In the next tournament, they won a game by 70 to 9. That's a well, good win. That's <laughs> I'm sorry, Coach. You can't pull them back. Hey, point differential might be an issue, you know, when it comes time after the round robin. Say. <laughs> Yeesh. Oof, boy. Seventh grade, I think you're right pulling back a little bit. There's something to be said, like if you get older, well, you know, stop us. But, yeah, that's a little strong, I think. Um, interesting idea, Adam, about the uh, potential fines that parents pony up. But I don't know if it'll work. Our kids have played travel sports. We've witnessed children on the baseball field and on the volleyball court pleading with their parents in the stands to be quiet. If parents won't even listen to their kids, I don't know if anything will matter. Make them respectful. That's it. It's like it's one one thing to be a parent and a jerk in front of other parents, but it's like if your kid is wrecking, sees that, and they see it, man, and they know your voice. Mm-hmm. And they know when you're complaining, and they know when you're criticizing. That's who's the hardest on, and that takes away the enjoyment of the kid. Yeah, and it's you know the parents that are overbearing. I think you mentioned earlier about you know yelling from behind the backstop. You know things that are opposite of what the coach is right. saying, or you know. And I've had more than one kid I've had to take aside and say, "Hey, I hear your dad. <sighs> Tune him out. All right, don't don't oh. play this game for them. Yep. Play it for you." Have fun in there. Do what you can. I know it's not easy, but just they're not in control right now. And if you strike out, you'll never play again. <laughs> That's right. That's, if you even get to strike two. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll shift. What makes uh, a, a Hall of Fame uh, musical act or performer? What makes a Hall of Famer? 14 new inductees, excuse me, new nominees for the Hall of Fame. I think, uh, I think they said May is when they'll announce the new class. We'll go through the names, and we'll give our yay or nay, Hall of Famer or not, and some artists that you feel it's time for to be recognized in the Hall of Fame, or if you think it's too much of a popularity contest, why your group shouldn't be a Hall of Famer. That topic, after Traffic and Weather Next on CCO. Can you imagine just coming up with a song like this and just cashing in because it becomes an anthem played at virtually every sporting event? He's the Gary, uh, Jack White, uh, the Gary Glitter of his time. <laughs> well. <laughs> we don't want to talk about Gary Glitter's past. I'm not sure he wants to be that. <laughs> In the same breath as Gary Glitter. I, uh, he was, you know uh, what I'm saying, right? The yeah. Da, 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 yeah. I, uh, rock and Roll Part 2, right? Whatever happened to Rock and Roll Part 1 by Gary Glitter? <sighs> Wasn't critically Make acclaimed. Splash. Yeah, he had to re, you know retool that thing. He had to really That's workshop right. it, and they uh, came out with Part 2. No. Uh, it's funny you should mention that because not that long ago I saw a clip on YouTube where Jack White was on uh, Conan O'Brien's podcast. Mm-hmm. And Conan's telling the story of the two of them went to a Dodger game together. 
Sure. And sometime during the game, as happens seemingly at every arena and stadium in the world now, you started hearing that. Yes. And and Conan's just sitting there listening. Oh, wait, that's you. That's right. That's you. And and getting Jack White's response to it was pretty cool. Him just saying that it's it's amazing that, you know, that song, that guitar riff is not his anymore. Right. It, it's a folk song. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it, people who hear it now most probably know that it's the White Stripes. But as time goes by, most people will have no idea where that came from. They'll just know it's ubiquitous. Do you know who covered uh, that song? Well, a lot of people have, but who are you thinking? The Seven Nation Army. Really, a lot of really a lot of people have covered. It. I, I think the Oak, heard... the Oak Ridge Boys covered. It. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> did they do it in their own personal I think style? They did. Of course, they did. I'd hope so. You got to look that up on the YouTube. I think I do. I saw some guy as I was looking for that this morning on the YouTube covered it on like a. It was Brit, Brit, Britain's Got Talent. Yep. He did a uh, like a swing version. <laughs> A seven nation army couldn't <laughs> hold me back. It was pretty nice. good. So, what defines a Hall of Fame artist? I mean, to you, Dave, the White Stripes—that's kind of uh, that's our that's your generation. Yeah. Are the White Stripes a Hall of Fame act? I I loved them um, before Seven Nation Army. Yeah, right. Um, before they got popular. Uh, but no, I mean, Jack White to me is a hall of fame. I, I agree. Yeah. It's like, I guess the band, I would say, you know, him and Meg White, they were the band. Mm-hmm. I think they do. And they're kind of a, a different thing. Cause normally hall of fame, you think, okay, longevity, a lot of huge hits, you know, selling out concerts nationwide, worldwide, but they're almost in a category of themselves and maybe a couple others that, sort of had a moment in time. You right. know, it's it's Jack Morris 91 game 7. You know, that's kind of what Seven Nation Army was of that song is is so culturally significant that yeah, even for just that tune, maybe that's the only reason yeah. they should be in the Hall of Fame. 6514619226. What makes a Hall of Fame act and who should be in the Hall of Fame? Somebody's texting is Bobby V. What the how come Bobby V isn't in the Hall of Fame? Rock and Roll <laughs> Hall of Fame. A travesty. Uh, Warren Zevon is a Hall of Famer. Yes. It's his first nomination. I can't believe that. I can't either. Warren Zevon is a Hall of Famer. Uh, let's just go down the list here. A Tribe Called Quest, their second nomination. I don't know their stuff all it's, that okay, well. So that's, a little, say- that's probably a little more my time, a little before your time. But if I hear, and I was never huge into A Tribe Called Quest, but a tribe called Quest, like I, if you were on a college campus in the '90s, you probably knew of a tribe called Quest. So does that equate Hall of Fame status? I don't know. I'm, who, who am I to say? <laughs> who, who am I to say? The Spinners, the fourth nomination for the Spinners, Rubber Band Man. Come on, the Spinners are Hall of Famers. I think so. I think it's about time. Soundgarden. No, I can't stand Soundgarden. <laughs> You are the, you make the decisions. I'm the decider, and yeah. you will not get in. Oh, no, oh. Soundgarden is definitely a Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, okay. That's, I mean, but if you're talking grunge. I know. You got Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Soundgarden. Ugh. Top three. Rage Against the Machine. I say yes. I would say so, too. That's their fifth nomination. Now, here's one that's controversial, even though I don't think it should be controversial. Willie Nelson. 
It's not rock music, man. Willie Nelson is probably one of the five. Yeah, I'll say one of the five greatest American songwriters of any genre. And I think, like Dolly Parton, who got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Willie Nelson transcends country music. Willie Nelson, to me, is a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. Yeah, I think we've seen the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame open its arms more to country music, certainly. Yes. So, you know, once Dolly's in, well, yeah, of course. Right. Willie's 89. He's been doing it for decades. Yes, of course he's in. George Michael. See, I think that's a no-brainer. I think George Michael absolutely is a Hall of Famer. Okay. Yeah, I, I was going to say he's probably on the borderline, but I could be convinced. Cindy Lauper. Again, borderline, but I don't know. How many big hits did she have? Well, there was a time. I mean, she was certainly not Madonna, but in the in the neighborhood where, I mean, the 80s, man, she had a lot of good hits in the 80s. And lots of her songs have also been covered. It's true. You'll just put anybody in. I'm a, I'm a giver. Everybody gets a trophy. <laughs> Joy Division, New Order. Okay, I'll say this one. No, I don't. I don't know them at all. They're Brits, influential indie favorites. <laughs> post, I don't know them. They're not American. Pre-techno dance rock. Um, maybe there's some people listening. To some, absolutely, but yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just not, not familiar. Iron Maiden. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they sold a lot of T-shirts. Yes, they did. I they think, still do. Yeah. To a lot of people who probably never heard an Iron Maiden song. Exactly. They just like the artwork. I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say no on Iron Maiden. No on Iron Maiden. I'm Bruce Dickinson? It. The Bruce Dickinson? <laughs> he puts his pants on one leg at a time. That's right. <laughs> Missy Elliott. No. No? Not the, not a first ballot Hall of Fame. No. I mean, no. we're talking about first ballot, too, so no. Here's one that I think, uh, Cheryl, is Cheryl Crow a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I think uh, borderline, but not first ballot. She'd be another first one. Yep, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the hard line. No. Yeah, I don't think so. What song? I mean, she does have a couple of good songs, but there's a song I heard the other day. I forget which one, where I was just like listening to the lyrics. I'm like, this is a horrible song, but it was an extremely popular Cheryl Crow song. Uh, Kate Bush, her fourth nomination. I don't know enough of Kate Bush. I, I know like two tunes. I don't either. So that means that's in, to probably me, that if means I don't I know, know, it's probably yeah. sure that they should be in the Rock and Roll. <laughs> Again, Fish not on the list. I assume they were already in, right? They've been in for decades. No, no. but if but they have a, a massive following. Like, oh. isn't shouldn't that be one of the criteria for a band getting in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Sure, popularity, absolutely. If uh, Ben and Jerry's names an ice cream after you, yes. I mean, the Grateful Dead. It's not about album sales. That was about their f- iconic fo- the, the the band created a. Group of people that followed him around wherever. Yeah, and fish, you know, Grateful Dead wannabes. I guess mm-hmm. they just couldn't do yeah. it. A Van Morrison should be in. Isn't Van Morrison in there? I would think Van Morrison is 
already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Maybe I'm wrong. I had the list up. Maybe not. I'll tell you what. We'll take a break, and we'll confirm whether or not Van Morrison is in it. 651-461-9226. What constitutes a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer? Uh, Your response is next. Great song. Lawyers, guns, and money. Uh, True story, my first radio gig was at uh, KCAT, 95.5 FM in Tama, Toledo, Iowa, the Twin Cities of Iowa. And I had somebody request Van Morrison, or not Van Morrison, uh, Warren Zevon's uh, Excitable Boy. (laughs) And I played it, and I quickly realized I'd been had. Because somebody, (laughs) if you know the lyrics to that song, and it was morning radio, and probably shouldn't have been played. I think it was one of those songs that was an overnight song. It's a it's a tricky tune because the you know the melody is very upbeat, catchy. Yes, uh, yeah, it's very catchy. Excitable boy, they yes. all say. Yes. Oh, there's Eddie Richter and Kilder. <laughs> excitable boy, yeah. Oh boy, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, by the way, Van the Man, Van Morrison is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, inducted in 1993. Just didn't show up to his own induction. Is that was that true? Yeah, I just uh, read that he's the yeah, he's o- a surly guy, only living guy, or at least at the time, living inductee to say, ah, "I'm good, I'm not showing up." Wow, that shocks me actually. That only he's the only one. I would think other artists yeah, I- would think, you know what? This is subjective. This is I, what what is it like? What what do I care if I'm in the Hall of Fame? Obviously, I'm not doing this to be a Hall of Famer. And that sh- that shocks me. It doesn't surprise me. He's one. He's the one. Van can be a bit of a handful, <laughs> um, but hard to deny the talent. I'm just looking through uh, the list here, and th- that's the thing. I mean, there's a lot of artists in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, Green Day is already a Hall of Fame act. I like Green Day. I get into. I, I, under- I agree on their influence, but uh, they're. Already a Hall of Famer. I'm okay with that. And maybe that's just because they're a product of my youth. But. Yeah. Who am I to judge? <laughs> um, I cannot wait for tomorrow, and I hope uh, you will tune in tomorrow because we've got a big, big broadcast day tomorrow. It is uh, Let's, Kick, Let's Kick Hunger Day, our annual fundraiser for Second Harvest Heartland that does such great work. In the Twin Cities, we've got a lot of great guests. It's going to be a very interesting radio. It's going to be very inspirational. And we certainly hope tomorrow that you will join us for that Radiothon and contribute as CCO listeners do uh, time in and time out when we ever have uh, one of these Radiothon fundraisers, whether it's uh, for the Union Gospel Mission or, in this case, um, Second Harvest Heartland. We truly, truly appreciate uh, all the consideration, the money that you donate that helps so many others in this community. Truly is uh, one of those inspirational days. And can't wait uh, to have that again tomorrow. Uh, again, as always, uh, you can subscribe to the Chad Hartman podcast. And while you're there, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, you know what? Search the other CCO shows, including the Adam and Jordana show. Subscribe to that podcast. We'd love to have you on board. You can download all wherever you get your podcast. You can find our podcasts and Chad's podcasts. Hit the download. You can revisit any, any conversation, including a couple of great conversations today with Rena Sargentopoulos from CARE 11. We had the fun moments, but she talked uh, beautifully about her colleague there, 
a sports producer who died way too young at the age of 35. And it's always just a reminder to us to live every single day uh, like it's your last because you just never know. And uh, Rena was very, very touching on the words she had to say about uh, about that young man. So listen to that. And Dr. Michael Ostrom, too. We had him on as well. Those podcasts available uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Jason DeRussia is up next. He'll take you through the afternoon drive with uh, Jason DeRussia. Drive time with DeRussia. Or, or what do we call it? Courtside. Courtside. Courtside yes. with DeRussia. Uh, Jason's up next. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 